My topic this afternoon is looking to Jesus, and my text is Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Let us run with endurance, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. I wonder how many of you have watched the execution of James Foley, the American journalist, by Islamist terrorists on YouTube. Foley was a serious Christian, a Roman Catholic, with a calling as a photojournalist to report from chaotic war zones, in his words, to show the world how bad it was. During his time in captivity in Libya, he was strengthened by the prayers of family and friends and his own use of the rosary. There was a great outcry, as you might imagine, about this grisly scene being posted on YouTube, and it was quickly taken down. A columnist for the Boston Globe, Jeff Jacoby, wrote a column entitled, No Time to Look Away, defending the availability of the video, because he said, we need to confront the awful reality of evil on the march in this world. I have not seen the video, nor do I think I need to. As Christians, we should be well aware of the darkness in our own hearts and the powerful reality of evil in this world. But I mention the controversy to make the point that what you look to in this life can give you a focus, determine your course of conduct, and even change you. In Psalm 2, the psalmist decries the folly of rebellion against God and writes in verse 12, Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. And in our second lesson from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we read, For the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So it is in the face of Jesus that we gain knowledge of the glory of God and understanding that enlightens us and in which we take refuge. Without Jesus, the face of Jesus, everything we think we know about God becomes uncertain, speculative, the probable projection of our own needs and fantasies. Consider our text. Let us run with endurance, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Those who like alliteration might prefer the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, or the founder and finisher of our faith. But the ESV, which we use here at the Church of the Cross, chooses one of each, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And the text raises two obvious questions for us. What do we look to in looking to Jesus? And how do we look to Jesus? What do we look to in Jesus? In our Gospel reading from John's Gospel, Pilate presents Jesus to the crowd, beaten and bloody, robed in purple with a crown of thorns on his head. 
and says, Behold the man. The crowd responds, Crucify him, crucify him. But by faith, we look to Jesus as the crucified one, suffering for our sake. The crucifix, with the body of Christ on the cross, much favored by Catholics, represents Jesus as the dying Savior. And later, Pilate appeals to the crowd, Behold your king. And they respond, We have no king but Caesar. But we, by faith, look to him as Lord. For Protestants, the cross is empty, like the handsome brass cross behind me at the front of the sanctuary. The cross is empty because the atonement for sins has been made and Jesus is risen from the dead. Or like Stephen in our first reading from the book of Acts, we may look to Jesus reigning at the right hand of God. The vision that cost Stephen his life when he proclaimed it to the authorities. Perhaps the Orthodox have it right. When high up, in the very center of the dome in their churches, they depict Jesus as the Christos Pantocrator, the ruler of all. And surely the truth is all of the above. We look to Jesus as dying Savior, as risen Lord, as ruler of all. And this perspective magnifies him, but how does it transform us? Our text makes it clear. Let us run with endurance, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. The true Greek words are archagon, founder or pioneer, and teleoten, from teleos, which means having attained the end, fulfilling the purpose, complete, perfect. So a teleoten is one who completes or finishes or perfects. But what faith does Jesus found? Faith, that is obedient trust in God his Father, despite Gethsemane, the arrest, the trial, the crucifixion, and faith in himself as God's Son and Savior. Jesus lived and prevailed in that faith when the world and the flesh and the devil did their worst. And we continue in that same faith that he founded. Nothing in your experience is alien or overwhelming to him. He has already been there. He goes ahead of you, trusting, obedient, compassionate. Looking to Jesus means acknowledging his presence and sufficiency in every situation you may face, even dying for your faith at the hands of terrorists. What faith does Jesus perfect, bring to completion, finish? The faith that we, like him, are beloved children of God and inheritors of his kingdom. The faith that Jesus is working in us through the Holy Spirit to bring us one day forgiven and healed and whole to the throne of God. Faith that one day we will receive resurrection bodies as different and superior to our present bodies 
as the full grain is to a bare kernel. Looking to Jesus means that however stuck and compromised and frustrated and aimless we may sometimes feel, we will in the end fulfill our purpose, be brought to completion, be made perfect through him. He is the founder and perfecter of our faith. In Hebrews 2.10 we read, For it was fitting that God for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. Hebrews 5, verses 8 and 9, Although Jesus was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Hebrews 6, 19 and 20, we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. So that is what we looked to Jesus for. But how do we look to Jesus? After all, he's not visible. Here the whole of Christian piety and practice Spiritual discipline and sacred study should come into play. But I will offer you just one suggestion. We need to look to Jesus continuously. We need to live life slowly enough so that in every situation where sin intrudes on us, fear, falsehood, envy, lust, pride, confusion, we will pause as if by instinct or reflex, and say, Jesus, help me. All my life, I've been like the gathering swine, stampeding off over the cliff with quick capitulations to the intrusions of sin. And you are no better. You talk too fast. You multitask too much. You tweet and text and Twitter living life at a breakneck speed and accounting yourself successful and accomplished as a result. Some of you have been checking your email during this sermon. I have seen you. <laughs> I have always envied the strong and silent types, like Gary Cooper in High Noon, a movie reference so antique that probably most of you have never heard of the man, much less seen the movie. But Gary Cooper plays a slow-talking, thoughtful sheriff, facing a desperate criminal seeking his revenge by trying to kill him. And in the dialogue, the pauses are frequent and the pace thoughtful. What I've discovered and share with you today with some excitement is that the purpose of the pause for Christian slow talkers is to look to Jesus. Millions of Christians have found the Jesus prayer helpful over the centuries. It's very simple. It goes like this. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Say it in your head. Say it out loud. Think it. In saying it, you are looking to him, and things will change. Fear will dissipate. Lust will recede. 
anger will quiet, pride will deflate, confusion will clear, and envy will be replaced with gratitude that as imperfect as I am now, I will in the end be made perfect. Can you say it with me? Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Those last two words are optional, but I suggest you include them. At this point in working on this sermon, I put down my pen for a little break, and it suddenly occurred to me that I did not know the whereabouts of a $500 check we had received yesterday from the insurance company for damage to our car. I left my desk and checked the obvious places in the house, but the envelope with the check in it was not there. I don't know the details of your financial situation, but $500 gets my attention. A hard knot of fear compounded with guilt formed inside me. And then I thought and said, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I became calmer, calmer, calm enough to sit down and read the newspaper. And during breakfast, I even had the courage to share the embarrassing truth with Edith, my wife. I said, I'm afraid I don't know where I've put that $500 check from the insurance company. I've looked in the obvious places, but it isn't there. And once I shared my problem, the solution came to me. It was not in an obvious place. I looked in the recycling bin under some junk mail I had thrown away, and there it was. Stop and look to Jesus before you panic, before you snarl, before you commit adultery. In my experience, you'll be less likely to follow through but the challenge is pausing to pray. I'm confident that in his last moments, James Foley, as a Christian facing a painful death with no earthly help at hand, looked to Jesus and was given a vision, like Stephen, of his Savior at the right hand of God, standing to receive him. So we conclude our preaching series on Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Run with endurance by taking inspiration and encouragement from the great cloud of witnesses who have gone before you and cheer you on. Run with endurance by consciously casting off every weight of sin that clings so closely. Run with endurance by accepting the race set before you, even if its course takes you where you did not expect to go and do not want to go. And in all these things, run with endurance by looking continuously to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Amen.